Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Norton. Here in episode 32, I'm going to chat with Lindsay Brian Podvin of Mind Money Balance about the four signs of a good business coach. Let's get started. Have you been wanting to start your private practice, but you can't seem to take that first step? Maybe you're afraid of failure or lack confidence, or maybe the idea of running your own practice is overwhelming. I'm Cindy Norton, owner of Mountain Practice Journeys, and I help therapists and counselors to love the business side of private practice. I'll share with you practical skills and advice, along with a healthy dose of inspiration so that you can be on your way to the practice of your dreams. Put on your hiking boots and let's get going. If you haven't yet listened to episode 31, I urge you to do that. In that episode, I chat with Adi Gabai of Marketing for the Modern Therapist. We talk about the five golden rules for therapists who want to convert social media connections into paying clients. Now let's get on to my interview with Lindsay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm here today with Lindsay Brian Podvin of Mind Money Balance, and we're going to be talking a lot about the signs of a good business coach, because I know a lot of therapists and help, help, helpers and healers out there, they are you know looking for support, and there are some you know, good ways to find support out there and some not so good ways. Uh, so welcome, Lindsay, and tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Cindy. I'm I'm happy to be here and, and talk a little bit about the, the good side of business coaching and a little bit about me and my business. I'm a financial therapist. My background is in clinical social work, and I've been a practicing therapist for a decade now. And I, like many therapists, had a lot of money stuff that I had to work through. I come from a financially privileged background where I graduated grad school with no student loans. And the first job I got, I was earning less than I did as a waitress. And I was really struggling to make ends meet. And I had so much guilt and so much shame about having wasted my leg up and, you know, not doing good with my money, right? For lack of a better term. And so I did a lot of my own research and figuring out a a relationship with money. And it really came down to budget, 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 cut, 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 save, save, save. And while that stuff was helpful, what really moved to the needle for me was not only understanding the ins and outs of spending, but also earning more money and how important it is to have a balance of both And, you know, thinking about those things while in a field that tells you constantly, you're not in this field to make money. If you raise your rates, you're a bad person. I had a professor in uh, my school of social work say, social workers who go into private practice aren't real social workers, right? There's so much noise here about the importance of volunteering your time instead of having a career. Um, And so I, I just really struggled with all of that. And as I moved into private practice, I started to kind of strike this balance of having a healthy money mindset that doesn't include all the love and gaslighting that comes from a lot of people who are like, just, you know, manifest it, put it out into the world. Like that BS doesn't fly with me. I, uh, you know, was in psychiatric research for four and a half years. So I like evidence-based stuff. Um, So let me back up a little. So I, in 2018, I got my certificate in financial social work, which is actually based there in Asheville. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. And 
took some additional training in financial therapy and brought financial therapy to my practice. And it was in doing that and bringing it to my clients that I realized how important it was for other therapists to have access to the basics of understanding money, unpacking all the garbage we tie up in money and, and not feeling bad about earning money. Yes, there are horrific things that happen from a strictly capitalistic society. And at the same time, we cannot, if we want to break down the system that is so broken, we can't as individuals think that it's on us. It's on the systems that have to change. Um, And so we, in the meantime, have to be practicing financial self-care. And to me, practicing financial self-care means that you can take care of yourself in the way that us therapists love to talk about by making sure we're doing other self-care things like sleeping and walking our dogs and going on vacation and not burning out. So long story short, I do a little bit of both in my private practice. I have my clinical arm and then I have my coaching and consultant arm. And I'm happy to be talking today about the coaching arm, not just even in my business, but so when people are ready to get that additional help, they know what to look out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I love that you mentioned about the self-care aspect because it's something that we therapists talk about quite a bit, but sometimes don't always practice it. And sometimes it's hard if you're not charging enough money to be able to physically uh, take care of yourself, you know? Yeah. 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 And I see, I see it happen in so many ways, Cindy. It's like, yes, of course, charging more is helpful, but also saying, I actually cannot take on more clients. I'm sure you know many (laughs) of your therapist friends, even the ones who identify as anxious, introverts, and highly sensitive, who feel so bad about saying no to somebody. Mm -hmm. So they take on that 7 p.m. appointment on a Tuesday night, or they take on that 9 a.m. appointment on a Sunday morning. And it's like, that is just as sabotaging as sliding your scale way down. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Yeah. So getting on to some of these signs that people should look out for that they're maybe going to be able to find a good business coach. What should you be, be looking for when you're, um, you know, I'll I'll list them off and then maybe we can dive into them if that feels okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Awesome. So the four things that I'm typically looking for when I'm looking to hire somebody is making sure that they, one, offer a nuance in tactics, two, know their scope, three, offer realistic outcomes, and four, are upfront about those experiences. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dig into number one. Okay. So nuance in their tactics. When it comes to a therapist hiring a coach, what often happens is that they will have a coach who says, if you do this, then why will happen? And they don't offer a lot of space for, what if that doesn't feel good for me? What if I tried that in the past and it didn't work? What if that's not where I want to spend my time and energy and expertise? I think a good coach can say to you, even if they don't offer something that you want, they can say to you, hey, here's the way that I operate. Here are the things I really focus in on. And here... I think about it a little bit like motivational interviewing, right? Mm -hmm. And that I think they should offer you a menu of options, not so many that you're ending up in decision fatigue, but saying like, here are three ways 
three different tactics we could use to grow your practice. Let me get even more specific. Here are three ways we could work on your SEO. Which one feels best for you? Here Mm -hmm. are three ways you could reach out to colleagues to network and grow your network. Which feels best for you, right? So offering, yes, they have their zone of expertise in the area that they like to teach, but they're not just saying you have to do this. And if you don't do this, you're doomed to fail. Yes, that is perfect, especially for us introverts and highly highly sensitive people. Like thinking about we uh, will sometimes have trouble saying, no, that's not a good fit for me. And it might like not stretch us out of our comfort zone, but be like, oh, that's something that doesn't feel good to me in the way that I should be marketing or doing my SEO. And um, yeah, I think that's wonderful giving those options because there are a lot of coaches out there that have like, this is my formula and you Mm -hmm. have to follow it to a T in order to get these results. And Mm -hmm. it it may not feel good for everyone because there are so many different ways to do SEO. There are so many different ways to do networking and marketing, and it's not just a one size fits all. Yes, exactly. Yeah. How about number two? So number two is they have some humility and that they know their scope. So if somebody comes to me, I really love talking about money mindset. I love talking about our financial stories. I love digging into our money archetypes and I love helping people set sustainable fees and adhere to them with their boundaries. If somebody comes to me and says, Lindsay, you know what I want to do? I want to create a huge Facebook community that is super active. And that's where I love hanging out. And that's what I want to do. Can you teach me that? I'm going to go, no, there's not a chance in hell I could teach you that because I don't know enough about it. Similarly, if somebody comes to me and they say, they say something like, Lindsay, I really want to work with you, but I really need to get into the weeds of QuickBooks and tax deductions. I'm also going to say, I can give you like a high level overview of things, but you're going to need to talk to your friend, the accountant or CPA, and you're going to need to talk to a QuickBooks expert. They should be humble enough to say, I'm really good at this. I'm okay at that. And this other thing is outside of my scope. And a good coach will also say, here are some good referrals for Mm -hmm. those four people who do this type of work, right? They're not like, well, they don't, they don't claim to essentially be an expert in everything. Um, I know you and I share similar viewpoints in that. When we are searching for our own therapist, we're looking for a specialist. We're typically not looking for a generalist. And I think about coaches in that way too. I don't want just like a general private practice coach because what does that mean? I want somebody, let's say I'm at the current stage of business that I'm in. I want somebody who's going to help me. I have a full practice. I get inquiries all the time. Maybe I want somebody to help me figure out a way to scale beyond the therapy room, Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily need someone who's going to help me with general private practice stuff. Yeah. I think that's so important for that informed consent, because if you Mm -hmm. just say that you're a private practice coach or a business coach, it's like, what does that even mean? Like, are you going to be able to, and I think it's important to say, yeah, I'm really good at this. I'm okay at this. And I have no idea about this. And then the client can decide like, oh, well, the thing that you're really good at is the main thing I want help with, Mm -hmm. but I also want some help with this thing that you kind of know a little bit about, and Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, And they can make that decision based on that. Totally. And to me, it, it, again, these are things that as therapists, we're pretty good at. Like we are taught about cultural humility and cultural competencies, and we are 
hopefully humble enough to say, I'm really knowledgeable in this one area. And this is another area of growth that I'm working on. So Mm -hmm. you want your coach to be able to have that same level of insight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you really need to know um, your colleagues and other business coaches and what they do. So if you do have someone that comes to you and there's something that you're not quite sure of, it's like, oh, well, this other person is really great at this. And you can Mm -hmm. refer on because even thinking about my web design business, I do not write copy. That's not something that I want to do. I'm not interested in it, but I have a a really awesome um, copywriter that's a trusted, Mm -hmm. she's also a therapist and really great at what she does. So I'm able to to refer people, um, to do that. Cause I'm, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 So the next thing is that they don't promise pie in the sky results. They have realistic outcomes. And I think it was Dr. Michelle Mazur, maybe who was talking about this. I follow a few like ethical business coaches and, and feminist business coaches, but you want somebody who's offering you on the, the testimonials or on the results or on the, um, what's the other word I'm looking for reviews page. You want like the person who had an average outcome. You want those results to be shown. That's a way you can ethically use testimonials and reviews because we know that there will always be those star students who like overachieve and you're like, wow, good on you. But a lot of coaches will take that review and say, this is what everybody gets out of the program, which isn't really fair. So yes, you can highlight some of those great results, but being really honest that like this person came in hitting the ground running and was ready to go. Other people might not have the same type of outcomes, but it is pretty common for people to have X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So the way I think of this is thinking about the ways in which we use the language. Like you mentioned, copy the words on your website. There's a lot of these like manipulation tactics baked into copy, particularly when it comes to coaching. Mm -hmm. So to me, something that feels a little icky would be somebody who's like, guaranteed 10 K months. <laughs> that Some, one gets on my nerves so bad. I see it everywhere. Like 10 K months, get to 10 K months. months, six <laughs> figure years. I want to ban that phrase from coaching websites mm-hmm. on the internet because also sidebar that might not be an income need for every person. If I'm in San Francisco or my, I'm in New York, I need probably way more money than that. And if I'm in, you know, middle America, like I am in the Midwest, I might not need that much. So to to throw out these numbers as a guaranteed measure of success also undermines that person's autonomy of what they actually need. So yeah, a realistic. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't absolutely, I don't love uh, like, testimonials like that, because Mm, it, mm -hmm. I like to hear about your experience of the coach or being in the program versus, Oh, I started working with them and got 10 K months like the following week. Well, it could have been that you were at nine K months the month before, and you've been incrementally growing. And then you just hired this coach. And it's like, sometimes it's hard to tell, like, were you on that trajectory? before you began, or was it this specific program that got you to this 10 K month, <laughs> you yes. know? Um, yep. so yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I know listeners can't see us, but I'm definitely nodding along with you. I'm <laughs> like, yes, exactly. Which goes back to number one, which is nuance. <laughs> yeah. So instead of, um, a coach promising that 10 K month or that six figure year, I would look for kind of more what you're talking about, which is something along the lines of, if we're talking about a money goal, increase your fee in a way that works for you. 
mm-hmm. or increase your fee in alignment with your needs. That to me is so much more truthful and offers a much more realistic outcome of the potential of working with somebody. And to your point earlier, let's say somebody did have a 9K month right before they hit that 10K month and they were already on their way there. But the way that they were doing it is they were not adhering to boundaries. They were seeing a million and one clients. Raising their fee and tweaking their fee structure nominally might get them to that 10K month anyway, but that is less important than for this person who's on the verge of burnout than like dialing down, um, or I'm sorry, like hitting that 10K is probably less important than having their time back. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I, I look for, yeah, more the experience of it. Like, mm-hmm. do I feel good in my business? Not just mm-hmm. some arbitrary number that mm-hmm. um, that makes it look successful. It's like you can be having those 10K months, but some therapists may have it planned out to where it really fits with their uh, with their lifestyle and they have a perfect like work-life balance and the way that they've got things structured, it works really well for them and they're not exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then another therapist could be ma- doing their 10K month and they're completely burnt out. So I think exactly. it's more about your experience and your life versus a number. Yes. Yes. I, I could not agree more. It's it's so the money is important, obviously. Otherwise I wouldn't do what I do. And at the same time, the money isn't everything. It should be in conjunction with other things. It should be dovetailing with your wellness um, and your mental health. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Moving on to number four. Number four is that the business coach is upfront about their experience, meaning they tell you why specifically they're qualified to do what they do, whether it's their training or their lived experience. I really could care less (laughs) either way. I just want to know why and how they are qualified. And this doesn't mean that you have to only work with a coach who's been doing coaching for 10 years, because as we all know, like what's coming to mind is the Twitter feed of people who are like newly out of college and they're looking for a job, but all these entry-level jobs require, you know, five years of experience. It's like, we all start somewhere. Mm -hmm. I love a beta group. And if people don't know what a beta group is, it just means a first time offering or a first time group. Think of it like a pilot group (laughs) to use some, (laughs) some therapist language. Um, but they're honest, even if it is their first time, you and I have had first time clients. <laughs> you just yeah. have to be open about it and say, Hey, this is the first time I'm running this program. I'm qualified based on X, Y, and Z. Here's what the outcomes will be. Um, or what you can expect from me. And, and they'll tell you kind of where they're at in the process and why specifically they're qualified. They're not being shady about how they're there. Um, like one, <laughs> like this is not therapy related, but it's a good example of one, which is like, I saw somebody the other day on Instagram who was like Instagram coach to get you to 10 X your followers or something ridiculous like that. But they had like 200 followers mm-hmm. and it's not to shit on 200 followers. I think that's amazing. But if you're telling me that your job as a coach is to 10 X my followers and really grow my following I want to see that you have demonstrated the same thing. Yes. So that's what I think when it comes to being upfront about their experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think even with that example, if they were um, talking about it in terms of engagement with your followers and not yes. 10Xing them and they yes. had 200 followers and maybe like 200 
likes on each one of their posts and, you know, hundreds of comments. It's like, wow, they're really doing something with those Mm -hmm. 200 followers. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, very important to see. Uh, You want to know that they've been there before you. And I know that a lot of coaches, a lot of times we specialize in things that we've just, I don't want to say mastered, but we've gone through and we've learned from, and we want to help others Mm -hmm. that are just one or two steps behind us. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's, that is the most important thing is, is again, just like really what what I'm talking about in these four things is like honesty, Mm -hmm. honesty, transparency, kind of the same things you look for in a therapist, right? You're wanting to know, are they qualified? Do they understand their scope of service? Are they transparent about what they can do and what they can't do? We're looking for similar things and business coaches, but the noise is so much louder out here because they're so there's just so many of them. It seems mm-hmm. like overnight, everybody became a business coach. Mm-hmm. And so yes. if you're actually looking to hire a business coach as a private practice therapist, it can be so overwhelming. Yes. It's very confusing. And that's why I'm yes. so excited to, you know, to talk with you about this topic, to help people out so they can find the people that's right for them. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you can think of that you want to say about these four signs of a good business coach? Yeah, I would say that when it comes to seeking out a good business coach, also check in with your gut, especially if you're a body-based human um, or you've done somatic work. Let's say, you know, you thought you really wanted to work with a coach and then you hop on a call with them and something feels off. Listen to that. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I thought I was ready, but I'm not. That's totally fine. And also like, poke around and ask other people. I think that's perfectly valid. Just like, you know, what are the shoes that are, everybody seems to have Rothy's and all birds. Just like I get those ads on my Instagram all the time. I'm still going to text my friend who has a pair and be like, are they actually worth the hype? Do they actually hold up? Can I actually throw them in the wash? Right. Do, Uh do a little bit of research as well. There's nothing wrong with kind of asking around and then, and then just listening to your own intuition. Yeah. And I think with business coaches, it's not like you have to pick one and you're done and they're going to be your business coach for life. You can seek people out for the different things that you need support with. Like Mm -hmm. if you need support around money mindset, you're a great option. If you need some support around a, you know, a different topic, maybe find a business coach that specializes in that and has, Mm -hmm. you know, really happy clients. Yeah. And, and the other thing, like, as you're talking about, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much more, but it's also like, how do you work best? right? If you work best with a coach one-on-one, then look for somebody who just does one-on-one work. If you do best dropped into one of those big, like Facebook groups, kudos to you, go find yourself a coach who just runs memberships. If you like something more self-paced, seek out a course, right? There's no one way to do it, but don't feel like just because whoever's showing up in your feed the most, that is not necessarily indicative that they are the best fit for you. Mm -hmm. See how they work, ask around and see if it feels like it would be in alignment for you. Perfect. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Well, I want everyone to um, tune in next week because we're going to be continuing this conversation about the seven signs of a bad business coach. So maybe some red flags to look out for if you're in the search. Um, But in the meantime, how can people find out more about you? My business is called Mind Money Balance. You can find me at mindmoneybalance.com, at mindmoneybalance on Instagram, and my podcast is also of the same name. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Cindy. 
During each episode, I'll be giving you one small takeaway, action step, or mindset shift. I call these acorns. Listen to episode zero to get the scoop on what the acorns are all about. The acorn from this episode is that all business coaches will be a little or a lot different, depending on their approach and personality. Looking for a business coach can be a lot like looking for a therapist. So when you feel that you're ready to seek out a business coach, learn a bit more about them and see if their approach and personality resonate with you and what you're needing at the moment. Spend some time following them on social media, visit their website, and sign up for their newsletter. You can find out a lot about business coaches by how they run their own coaching business. Remember that you have choices and there's the right business coach out there for you when you're ready. As I outlined in episode zero, I'll be alternating between a fun fact and what I'm digging segment with each new episode. The fun fact for this episode is that my undergraduate degree is in business management. When I was younger, I had no idea what I wanted to do for a career. At the time, I was interested in accounting, business, web design, and marketing. All these things helped me out as I began my career as a private practice therapist, so I am grateful for that education and experience. Even if you feel like you don't know what you're doing or still trying to find the thing that you're really passionate about, don't forget about the journey. Even when I've felt a loss of direction or just been floating along in life, there have been wonderful lessons and experiences that have presented themselves. Remember, it's about the journey and not the destination. Thank you so much for joining me today on your private practice journey. If you would like to learn more about Lindsay and the wonderful work she is doing at Mind Money Balance, please visit her website at mindmoneybalance.com or follow her on Instagram at mindmoneybalance. For episode 33, I'm going to continue my conversation with Lindsay about the seven signs of a bad business coach, so be sure to tune in. In the meantime, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. There's no way you can know how much it means to me that you choose to join me here as I share all things related to private practice. Please subscribe so you don't miss a step. For more information about this episode, visit the show notes page at mountainpracticejourneys.com slash podcast. I truly appreciate you trailblazers. Your mountain is within reach. Journey on.